Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyler here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. Today may have been my favorite episode yet. We talked about no NBA for at least eight weeks, how to beat the no sports boredom, and had the first segment of listener questions. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Burst Your Bubble. Remember to rate, review, and share us with your friends or anyone you know. Thanks for listening, and remember, no hard feelings, because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Kyler, I know how much we both have loved what Anchor has given us as a podcasting platform. Ladies and gents, if you haven't heard of Anchor yet, you're missing out. Most importantly, it's free. Anchor gives you the ability to edit and upload your podcast directly from your phone to get anywhere you can get your podcast. Apple Music, Spotify, it'll be there. You can make money from your podcast with minimum listeners. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. What's going on, Kyler? Not a whole lot, Josh. I'm self-quarantining, you know, as always. Uh, self-quarantined today from from all of humanity and took about a seven-hour nap. Um, what about you? Are you uh, staying healthy, washing your hands? Well, I'm glad that you're, uh, you know, being cautious and self-quarantining when you need to. I have been washing my hands. I, uh, I've, like... Like everyone knows, I've been in Houston. Uh, I was at the Johnson Space Center yesterday uh, down in Houston. It actually shut down the day after today, uh, so no one can go there right now. I was in line yesterday, and I sneezed, and I thought I was going to get murdered at the Space Center because everyone looked at me like I needed to die. And uh, uh, Yeah, so- Josh, you might need to uh, find one of those drive-through testing facilities <laughs> before you head back to Oklahoma. <laughs> I felt so bad, and all it was was just one sneeze, but, oh, man, you would have thought it was the worst thing in the world. Oh, gosh. And then today we went down to uh, Galveston, spent the day out at the beach, um, walked around a little bit, and had a few adult beverages, saw a lot of green, uh, everybody gearing up for St. Paddy's Day, since St. Paddy's Day itself has basically been canceled, no, you know, no huge gatherings in a lot of areas, but there were a lot of green today, and Galveston was a lot of fun. Went and ate a uh, Bubba Gump shrimp out on the pier. Had some great seafood. Uh, sat outside and it was freezing cold. So it was a it was a good day today. Man, that sounds like a good trip. I'm glad, I'm glad you had a glad you had a good time down there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm doing the opposite of you. I'm not doing too much uh, self quarantining, but uh, I am staying healthy and washing my hands. Doing the imp- well, you know, to be fair, you know, it's this is not too much different than my everyday activities. So, <laughs> well, okay, then I guess that's a pretty good deal for you. You sound like you just self quarantine all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty much. There's no sports though. I'm just watching a lot of, a lot of old sports. So, Josh, getting into today's headlines, uh, Devin McCourty and Matthew Slater were signed by the Patriots, and Adam Schefter tweeted tomorrow. Dak, Derrick Henry, A.J. Green, and Shaq Barrett are all likely to be franchise tagged. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, McCourty signed, I thought it was really good. What was he, the uh, number three free agent um, as a safety? Mm, yeah, he was up there. Yeah, I mean, it's good for him. Five years, $47.5 million. Honestly, I think that that's a, uh, it's a pretty big contract for the Patriots to be handing out. Um, you know, you you don't see that too often with Bill Belichick. Especially uh, a veteran safety like that. Exactly. A lot of times they don't give out that kind of money to older players. So yeah, Matthew Slater, the same thing. You know, they only gave him two years, um, a $10, $10 million deal guaranteed, I think. But uh, 
you know, just older players like that, you um, you know, it seems like Bill Belichick might be might be kind of, you know, handing out some some thank you checks and, you know, who might be next. Yeah, and I mean McCourty got the twenty two million guaranteed. Uh it it is a little bit different for Belichick, you know. I think it's interesting to see the side of him. You know, does it make you think he's getting ready to leave in a couple of years? You know, he's handing out some big money. Is he uh, just saying thank you to those players? Is he, you know, what what is the long-term plan for the Patriots? You know, it, it gets interesting when you start looking at contracts like this. Um, Slater's a good sign, too. I, I think, you know, I think he's a good veteran. He's a good defensive presence. Um, these are two guys that the Patriots are going to love to have. I mean, they've had them. I mean. It's just good for the Patriots, I think, to keep those guys. Bigger salaries than what I expected. Um, Slater's not really, but uh, it's still a good contract for him. Mm-hmm. But I did not expect McCourty to get that kind of money. Right, yeah. Getting into the franchise tags, um, were you surprised that looks like Dak's going to be franchise tagged? No, I'm not surprised at all. He declined a $100 million offer. Well, now seeing Tannehill's, I mean, are you surprised that he turned that down? Well, Tannehill, what did he get signed for a four-year deal? Well, yeah. Um, well, I was looking at the per-year deal. It looks like Dak's deal was around thirty-three, and Tannehill's going to be making around thirty. Yeah, I mean, Tannehill also made it to the playoffs. Very true, but yeah, was also handing it off to Derrick Henry and had that defense around him. I mean, I think, I think Dak and, I and that agree, system, got, Dak and that system might have made it to the, might have taken to the Super Bowl. I think would have won the Super Bowl. So you think Derrick Henry's better than uh, Ezekiel Elliott? I think that system as a whole is better than the Cowboys. So is that? I mean, are you blaming Ryan Tannehill getting paid on the fact that Mike Vrabel's a great coach? That's a great defense around them. Derrick Henry's a monster. I, I mean, they, they've got a great, a great system down there in Tennessee, and I mean. I, I completely agree with you, and uh, I think we'll get into Ryan Tannehill's contract uh, a little bit deeper uh, later. Going back to Dak, I I am surprised that he turned it down, um, but so therefore I'm not surprised that he's getting franchise tagged. I it, it doesn't surprise me. I think that Jones wants to work out a deal, and I think Dak wants that deal to happen in Dallas. Um, it's the same thing with the Zeke situation. I think that you know all parties want that player to mm-hmm. play in Dallas. It's just going to be a matter of getting the, getting the right numbers and getting everything where it needs to be. But at this point in time, I'm not surprised that Dak will get franchise tagged. Do you think a deal gets done this season or are we back in the same spot this time next year? I, I think you'll see a deal done this season. Um, Jerry Jones wants to get it done. I think I, you know, same thing with Zeke. He doesn't want that lingering out there, especially with a quarterback, you know, Cowboys are already in enough of a spot with the fans. I think that they they need some stability in that franchise. Definitely. Um, as I think the same thing with Derrick Henry. I think um, he's going to get franchise tagged, and I think this Wait, season... Wait, say? I'm sorry? Did you say Derrick Henry? Yes. Oh, And okay. I think um, I think this season as well, he'll be... He'll get some sort of extension just because um, the running back position... Um, it's a little bit expendable, um, but him, Derek Henry being the monster he is, I believe he will get a big extension this season. Um, getting the franchise tag tomorrow, which is likely, um, Schefter reported, 
Um, AJ Green also likely to get it tomorrow. Um, that was a little bit surprising to me. I didn't know if they were gonna let him let him become a free agent or um, go ahead and franchise tag him. But seems like uh, he's gonna be back in Cincinnati at least for the time being. Um, maybe him and Joe Burrow can work up a little connection. Yeah, honestly, that surprised me uh, quite a bit too. I, to be honest, I thought that Cincinnati was gonna let AJ Green decide his own fate. Um, but, you know, can't blame him for wanting to keep him. He is a great talent to have on the roster. But, man, Cincinnati's had a lot of struggles. Like you said, you know, if they draft Joe, maybe he can come in and make something happen. But uh, A.J. Green's getting a little bit older, I think. Well, I mean, you saw how much of an impact Larry Fitzgerald had on K-1's first year, Kyler Murray. So I think they're they're just trying to replicate that and give him somebody, a sure-handed guy to throw to, you know, especially coming off this past year where A.J. Green, I don't think, played a game. He didn't. He he was injured this year, and they didn't want to t- uh, bring him back because they knew that the season was basically crap. Um, but the good thing about the Bengals, I mean, they do have some some pieces offensively. Uh, their offensive line and their defense needs to get a lot better. But as far as uh, receivers and running backs go, uh, you know, they're sitting in pretty good shape. I think Andy Dalton, you know, is Andy Dalton. Um, but their offensive weapons, I think, are pretty nice to be around Joe Burrow when he comes in, if that's who they end up drafting. I mean, Tyler Boyd, uh, Auden Tate, uh, John Ross, those guys are all explosive offensive weapons, and A.J. Green is a sure-handed superstar when he's healthy. How many games do you have them winning next year? How many games do I have the Bengals winning? Yes, sir. Well, who's the quarterback? Joe Burrow. Uh, Give me six. I was going to say six as well. Yeah, I think six games is a is a good mark. And honestly, you know, it it'd be a really good step for him if they do get it. If Andy Dalton's quarterback, give me four. <laughs> Definitely. And um, what do you think Tennessee's going to be able to replicate last year with the? Uh, I mean, they're bringing back their guys. No, I don't. Um, I think it's a great system, and I think it's a great thing that they did. But those runs are so hard to duplicate in a second year because teams have time to adjust and. Um, you know, read what you're doing in an entire off season, and they have time to game plan for you. Um, you know, we'll see if Derrick Henry can keep up what he did. You know, Tractor Cito, if if no teams want to start tackling him after December starts, you know, it'll happen again. But um, it'll be interesting to watch Ryan Tannehill's progression uh, coming up with Tennessee. And they do have a few good pieces in A.J. Brown and John U. Um, mm-hmm. So it is a very it's a very exciting team to watch, but I don't know that they'll have the same success. You know, I've got some stats for you about Tennessee, but um, I know we've got, we've got a some listener questions coming up that um one of them includes it, so I'll just save I'll save some stats until then. So it looks like Woj tweeted that the NBA is not going to come back until June. Um, best case scenario, um, the NBA owners have been talking about in compliance with the CDC recommending, rec- recommending that no gatherings of more than 50 people happen for the next eight weeks. Um, they've talked about hosting games in practice facilities with no fans, um, which would make for a very unique um, television experience. Um, everything is on the table, said Woj in that tweet and that story for ESPN. Um, so it looks like no NBA until June, um, which would make the finals in August. Um, no fans, of course of probably the first two rounds at least. Um, and if there would be for any, any of the conference finals or, or the finals, I think it would be limited probably 
less than less than twenty five hundred hundred, I would say. Um, what do you think about that, Josh? Well, the first thing I want to throw out, uh, I saw this on Twitter. If this does happen, um, the Knicks will have a chance of playing in June for the first time since the nineteen ninety nine finals. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that is. That's that's a little. <laughs> As as a Knicks fan, that's I, I think that was a little unnecessary to be honest. <laughs> All right, well I apologize for that. I apologize to my Knicks fans, but it is a true stat, um, and you know it just shows the the severity of this. Whenever you have a team like the Knicks being able to play in June, that's a big deal. Um, uh, I, I think that um, if they did come back, which I mean, if I think it's still a very real possibility that they don't come back. I think it's a very real possibility that they that they scrap the season. Um. I don't. Yeah. I think it's a little less realistic now that that they have, you know, this this schedule set up so that they could have next season start on potentially Christmas Day or Thanksgiving if they wanted to start a little early. Um, you know, that would set them up perfectly to run in a dead space where you know the big three tries to tries to claim TV time. That would that would be playoff time for basketball. You know, so they would they would make major major ratings there. Um, so it looks like that's that's their plan right now. Well, if well, if that plan holds true, uh, what's interesting about it is if the season s- starts on December twenty fifth, eighty two games in the season, you're looking at a mid June NBA season end. So then it's going to be a little late getting back into it again. Uh, but I think that you, you know this is a great process to help finish out the the season and to be able to get the playoffs going. Um, with no fans, it will be a very interesting TV experience. I think that they're going to do a lot of marketing and a lot of things trying to get uh, fans involved in different areas, um, which will be exciting to see. You know, the NBA is very proactive, and they're very uh, – it's a very good league. It's managed well, and the people running it always come up with great ideas that I probably would never think about. Yeah, and, um, and you know, Josh, we're, we're watching these playoff games on TV anyways. You know, we're we're – into the playoff intensity of these guys on the court. You know, of course they're feeding off the crowd, but how awesome would it be to see them playing in a practice arena where there's, you know, seven feet of sideline and then there's a wall, you know what I mean? They're just, and they're playing, you know, second, third round playoff games in front of 15 people. That would be incredible to watch. No, it definitely would. You know, it would bring me back to some of my uh, AAU, AAU days. Definitely. Which, you know, is a great experience for fans that, you know, had those experiences growing up. And for the ones that didn't, it'll be uh, even more interesting for them to watch, you know, that unfold and watch all that happen. Uh, Like I said, the NBA is going to find a way, I think, to make it work. Um, I'd be very surprised that it doesn't. I did see that the G League um, is expected to be canceled. The entire season will be canceled. Um, Mm -hmm. Which, you know, say what you want, but that's not, uh, you know, with them as watched as the NBA game, so it's not that surprising, but it is uh, a little telling that they were, you know, willing to just scrap the G League season and how hard that the NBA is working to provide us with the basketball we're used to watching. Definitely, and, you know, you saw that they um, they have an indefinite ban on the team practices right now. Um, players are still allowed to work out um, individually in the team facilities, but, um, you know, they must take, you know, the utmost precaution in those facilities to – you know, um, not spread, you know, not not risk the spread of con- of the coronavirus. Um, I thought that they are also allowed to leave their cities. Uh, mm-hmm. Starting Monday, they, they will be allowed to leave their respective cities. Um, you know, I, I think that that's a good that's a good sign. Hopefully, um, you know, guys are still taking the utmost precaution, you know, 
um, being being really safe as you know the third NBA player has come out with um, Corona Christian Wood for the Pistons. Um, he did play against Rudy Gobert about um, a week ago. Matched up with him for about thirty minutes minutes of the game. So somewhat expected there. Um, kind of kind of surprising that more people haven't tested positive in the NBA that that had matched up with him and the Jazz. Um, any thoughts on that? Huh, no, I mean, like you said, it was pretty expected. Um, I I think that, especially NBA players, I think you've seen quite a few tests been run um, for anyone who had contact with Rudy Gobert. So I think that maybe some people's immune systems are better and they just didn't, you know, catch on to the virus, which mm-hmm. is great for them and uh, great for, you know, not spreading the disease around as much. Um, my, I do think that, you know, Gobert – I've seen a couple of his statements and, um, you know, he's donating money to do the things that he's doing. And uh, I saw, I didn't get to read it, but I saw Donovan Mitchell uh, put out something today uh, for his response um, going through the coronavirus. He kind of gave a health update from what I understood. Mm-hmm. Did well, you have that? I didn't see that as well. I, I didn't see that either. Um, but I think that, um, you know, them, them limiting the team practice and, um, I, Honestly, them taking what looks to be probably a three-month break, um, at least. Do you think it's going to be beneficial, or do you think it's going to, you know, turn into the old rust versus rust debate? Do Do I think that it's going to be beneficial for them getting a three-month or a two, an eight-week break? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I do. I think that um, I think it'll benefit the teams and fans um you know even if they go with no fans i think that this is a great way to to show from a you know superstar level that um precautions are being taken and that you know they care about the well-being of fans and the players themselves you know i think and then in the end of it i think it's going to just make all these players hungrier i am you know it is going to be interesting to see um the level that all these players are coming back to with no team practices or anything like that um you know, it kind of makes me concerned for the teams that had a great chemistry, you know, going into this break, mm-hmm. you know, such as the Thunder. They had a great one over Boston right before all this started. You know, it, right. teams like that, it's kind of you know, makes me think about, are they going to be able to keep that up? Or are they going to, you know, hit a dry spell coming yeah. back from, you know, you think about that, but you also think about guys like Chris Paul and, you know, I was listening to the um, CJ McCollum pull up podcast and he had uh, Mello on. And they were actually recording as the news broke that Rudy Gobert had corona and the NBA league was suspended. Um, and, you know, CJ McCollum was saying that, you know, he, he, was, he was disagreeing with the decision, you know, not really disagreeing with the decision to suspend the season, but saying that, you know, it's so hard to come back after a break, even the all-star break. It's so hard to mentally take a break and then come back. And then you had Melo immediately disagreeing with him you know just because he's an older player and he enjoys the break and you know he enjoys the rest and he he thrives in that you know he he feels rested after that and feels like he can you know attack like he used to after a three-day rest compared to a back-to-back so i mean you see the difference there three days is a lot different than eight weeks definitely definitely but uh i mean you see i mean players like chris paul and you know lebron james and i think it, it can do nothing but help them yeah, I hope so. I that's one thing that I hope comes at the end of all this is back to the competitive level of basketball that we were watching before this break. Right from the gate, you know, I at the 
beginning of seasons, you say, okay, well, they're just, they need time to mesh. They need time to do this. Well, they've had that time and uh, eight weeks are going to go by. And I hope that, um, you know, we see it competitive from the get go. Well, Kyler, we talked a little bit about, you know, what we were doing as far as uh, with our days with no sports. I'm down at the beach. I've been hanging out in Houston, uh, not doing any self-quarantine, and you've been napping, watching old sports. Uh, Let's kind of go through uh, back and forth top three things you would tell listeners to do this the next two weeks while there are no sports going on. So I've got my uh, number one is go on a hike. I think, uh, you know, get out in the wilderness, experience something. Uh, you can't watch anything on TV as far as current sports. So I say go outside, take a hike, get some nature in, do some exercise. Okay, so I'm going to go opposite on you on that one. Um, I'm going to say binge something that you've been wanting to binge for a while. Um, something I'm cool. binging right now, Dirty Money. It's a great show on Netflix. Um, I would highly recommend that. So um, if you're not going on a hike, like Josh said, it appears it's going to be raining for the next week. So binge something, watch something, be really lazy. Well, yeah, and that goes into self-quarantine, if you, especially if you're worried about the coronavirus. That helps you stay inside. You don't have to get out to binge anything. Just make sure you've got all your uh, quarantine snacks and the toilet paper. <laughs> I hear that uh, for some reason people have been running out of toilet paper. Um, so number two for me, I've got uh, grind 2K my career. So if you don't have NBA 2K20, go get it. Um, PlayStation, Xbox, whatever. Go get the game. Make you a my career player, and just grind them for a day. You know, just spend a twelve hours. Spend twelve hours of a day just grinding them. Uh, whether you're doing my career, playing in the wreck, the park, whatever, just spend twelve hours in a day. Grinding a micro player. Try See to spend how... 70 hours in a week. How many badges do you think you could get in, in 70 hours? Enough. That's that's enough. I mean, <laughs> to, to be honest. For sure. For sure. <laughs> It'd be pretty so, good. Do, do you have a micro player? I do. I've got them at 90 overall. What about you? Well, I've got uh, I've got three different ones. I've got a uh, 97 glass lock shooting power forward. I've got a 95 perimeter lockdown at the two and i've got a 98 facilitating finisher at the three so my guy he's a six five shooting guard that's that's the exact build i always build every time you pass <laughs> me the ball in the corner or on the wing i'm i'm what clay thompson dreams of being on his best day oh okay well i have to you're an xbox right you know I yes pick sir one all right what do you got now all right, I've got um, sticking with myself quarantining and just being completely lazy and watching things on TV. Um, like I said earlier, watching old NBA games. Find a team that you love. Find, I mean, for me, it's the old Phoenix Suns. It's the 2010, 2011, 12 New York Knicks. It's the, you know, even the 15, 16, 17 Warriors, you know. Find those games on YouTube. Watch full game broadcast. Enjoy their greatness. The, those teams are super fun to watch. Something I highly recommend, um, even though it breaks my heart every time I watch it, the game where uh, Steve Nash against the um, L.A. Lakers in 2007, I believe. It might have been 2010. It was 2010. Kobe Bryant throws up an air ball with three seconds left, run our test perfectly under the rim, catches it. 
makes the basket in game six, extends it to game seven. The Lakers end up winning, going to the finals, beating the Celtics. That was supposed to be Steve Nash's only NBA championship. Didn't happen. But uh, games like that, just, you know, games games you love, NBA teams you love from, from the past, find them on YouTube and watch them. That's a great point. And another uh, thing which is crazy about this is a couple years later, the Lakers are playing the Oklahoma City Thunder in the first round of playoffs. Mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant shoots up a ball, goes off the side of the backboard. Pal Gasol is perfectly under the basket, puts it back up at the buzzard to win the game. Yeah, that's, I mean, you're right for the right time. It seems like, you know, when great players like that, it, you, when they miss, they don't miss. Yeah, oh. 100% and you know Mamba mentality for Pow and his you know big brother everything because that was you know those kind of games I agree they're just they're fantastic to watch uh, so my number three I've got try a new recipe so go out uh, you know look on uh, interest look on Pinterest look on Twitter anything you can do Tasty's got a bunch of options you know just uh, do something you haven't done uh, you know whether it's chicken parmesan chicken fettuccine alfredo uh schnitzel uh, if you want to make some schnitzel uh, just try some try a new recipe get in the kitchen cook something new you know i might try some schnitzel josh you know i haven't tried it yet but you know i think it's a good week for it you may yourself quarantined anyway if you get yeah. sick you're right there at home i might see if they have have the ingredients on amazon see if they can ship it to me <laughs> um number three for me um and you know josh this is this is a little uh, just a little revealing on my personality and you know how how lazy i might be and how much tv i watch my number three when you told me this idea i just wrote three things you can watch on tv so my number three if you have nothing to watch you're sleepy at night you know it's nine eight nine ten o'clock at night you know you need something to watch for the night throw on an old masters broadcast you know they're four hours long four and a half hours long it has the full broadcast from sunday going back from 1990 1980 all the way until 2016, I believe, is the last one they have up there. They should have 2017 on there soon. Man, they have great, great, great viewing experiences from Jordan Spieth to Arnold Palmer winning his to Gary Player to Jack Nicholas. Man, Tiger Woods winning three of them. You know, his were kind of run away, so they're not as good to watch. But, you know, enjoying the greatness of great golfers is something I'm, I love doing. Yeah, well, uh, I think some of our listeners would love that experience, and others would probably use that four and a half hours of sleep. Um, it also is, if man, it puts you to sleep so fast if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's a golf broadcast. Although we do love, you know, I love the Masters. I'm sad that it got postponed, um, but that is something. You know, I, Josh, I have a hot take on the Masters, and I just want to get it out here now. Believe okay. that pushing it back. You know, as I, I'm a big proponent of of the Masters, man. I I, I hate I hate that. You know, it's going to be – I think that it could be played, to be honest, um, with no fans. It could be very limited media, very limited access, very limited, you know, people there. But, you know, that's not really what they wanted, I guess, um, for the Masters. I think pushing it back, um, you know, it's going to be very cool to see the Masters in the fall, the Azaleas, you know, at a different time of year, the all the pine needles, all that. I believe they shouldn't have it this year. When I think of the Masters, when I think of Augusta, I think of that weekend in April, and that's what I want to think of. I don't want to think of the October Masters. I want to see the April Augusta Masters, and that's it. Well, I completely agree with you, which is why uh, me and some of my uh, 
old fraternity brothers. We have a Brotherhood Masters golf tournament scheduled for that weekend. We did not cancel it due to the coronavirus. Um, so ours is still going strong because we have the exact same thought that you do. Uh, you know, it's a spring tournament, and that's when it should be played. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to keep that tradition alive, and I'll uh, tweet out my scores with my partner, you know, as we do it. So that way uh, you guys who are interested in golf can keep up with us in our tournament that weekend. So I think we're going to go into some listener questions that we received. Uh, first one was from uh, from Jonathan, and he asked us about uh, Tom Brady's landing spot. So I guess we can kind of um, – I'll go ahead and give mine. Uh, this is – you know, I don't mean to burst your bubble out there, but Tom Brady is leaving Foxborough. Tom Brady is going to play at Tampa Bay, uh, and he's going to have some some offensive weapons to use down there. And I'm excited for it. Uh, sorry, Jameis. I don't know where he's going to end up. I think Jameis is a, uh, um, you know, great player. He's going to get some work done on his eyes and go have a great career somewhere. But Tom Brady's about to take over in Tampa Bay, and him and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are about to have a great season. Josh, before I get to that Tom Brady hot take that you just had, I'm just going to comment on Jameis Winston. He had 30 touchdowns that he couldn't he couldn't see. He had eye surgery this offseason to fix his eyes. He couldn't see, and he threw thirty touchdowns. He couldn't see the linebackers. I don't. There's there's nothing. There's nothing. Nothing suggesting that he even saw anybody on the defense. He definitely didn't see linebackers. So I mean, and he threw thirty touchdowns. What's he going to do next year? I mean, but back to the Brady take. Um, I think he's going to stay in Foxborough with um, the Tennessee signing of of Tannehill. Um, It seems like the San Francisco rumors have been squashed. I believe that unless something you know drastic happens, like you stated with the uh, with the Bucks or you know a surprise team that, you know that hasn't came out yet, I believe he's back in New England. He's back with he's back with um, Bill. You know, you just saw Bill sign you know sign two veteran guys that have been with him for a while. You know, it seems like seems like all the stars are li- are lining for for Brady to be back in New England. Well, that's you know that's a great point. Um, all right, so now we've got. From James Lou, uh, he wants to know where we think Jamal Crawford would best fit in. I'll let you go first. Jamal Crawford, I think with his ball handling and perimeter shooting and ability to play make and set up the offense, the L.A. Lakers would be the best fit for him. And I think that's where he will end up if he does get signed anywhere. Um, I don't actually see him getting signed. Um Unless maybe the Rockets can come in and get him um, just to have an extra ball handler, extra guy to, to shoot more threes. Um, it seems like the Clippers don't need another ball stopper, and that's pretty much what he is. You know, when the ball when the ball gets to him, he's going to dribble and pretty much shoot, um, which isn't a bad thing, you know, which the Lakers might be looking for for more spacing, you know, more open up the court a little bit, you know, get somebody – Get somebody who can make a perimeter shot, you know, consistently, and I th- that's that's what Jamal Crawford is. No, you're exactly that's exactly what Jamal Crawford is. He ended his uh, uh, season last year with 51 point outburst. Um, you know, my first thought was the Lakers, but I think that he is going to go if he gets signed. He has a great chance to go play in Milwaukee. I think that for all the same reasons you just listed him in L.A. Are the same reasons he could go to Milwaukee, um, provide some some extra shooting out there, and I think it's a great veteran to help a team like the Bucks get through some of those tough playoff series. Um, if he gets signed, I think he could be a really good fit with the Bucks, and that would make them a very scary playoff team. 
Yeah, that's a great fit. I like that a lot. All right, uh, another question from James Lou. Uh, he wants the uh, TR take on the uh, Draymond and uh, Charles Barkley beef. Go ahead and run through that for me. I'm a little unfamiliar. Oh, you? Oh, dude, this has been going on for years. Uh, but most recently, um, Draymond basically told uh, he announced that Charles Barkley couldn't sit at his table because he didn't have any rings. Uh, he Charles Barkley better quit talking, or he's going to come after his job maybe sooner than he thinks. Um, he's he doesn't know bas- Charles Barkley doesn't know basketball like he does. Uh, basically, he's you know can't sit at the table. He's not a big boy. Mm-hmm. No championships. Um, and so Charles Barkley responded with, uh, "You know, you think the girls are cheering for you. You think the fans are cheering for you, but you don't realize you're just standing beside Justin Timberlake. You're not the star. You're the least known of the Backstreet Boys." Um, and so basically, you know, telling him, which I, you know, I agree, Charles Barkley. I think that uh, Draymond has his his moments where he plays, but in the um, Charles Barkley hit it right on the head. He's the least liked of the stars, and he's the least well-known out of the stars. Um, what was funny about it was, oh, what started all of this recently was Charles Barkley when Draymond Green got uh, ejected from the Lakers game, and Le- you see LeBron laughing on the bench. Charles Barkley uh, says, well, you know, at least he got his uh, patented triple single. <laughs> you know, and that, that's pretty funny, and, you know, I, I like – Charles Barkley has really come come to fruition on that on that role he has on inside the NBA the past few years. You know he's you know that show has won I think three Emmys. You know they you know, they're, they're, they do a great job on that show. But um, Charles Barkley, if, going back to what I said earlier about watching the old NBA games, go back to when he played Michael Jordan in the NBA Finals, the last game of that. I, I believe it was Game Seven of the NBA Finals. In the fourth quarter, they scored a Finals record low 11 points in the fourth quarter and lost by one point yeah charles barkley's remembered for choking in that finals he played phenomenal except for the final 12 minutes of that game and you know and that was in in duke and giving michael jordan and scotty pippen you know all the credit in the world and that was actually the finals before michael jordan retired for the first time and went and played baseball so a good um a good little background on that might be the um, 30 for 30 on Jordan playing baseball. I believe they go into it a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I definitely side with um, with Barkley on this one. <laughs> I mean, he goes at Draymond a little hard sometimes, but, you know, that's kind of his job. You know, he gets paid to do that. So, you know, I believe Draymond should kind of take it easy and, you know, take it on the chin. You know you know what I mean? This is an off year for them. He knows that – he knows those jabs are coming. So, you know, he doesn't have to deal with it for a while now and probably – Probably again, so now that the season's over and his boys will be back when the season does start up. Barkley also said that uh, he also did come out and say that he liked Draymond and he liked, you know, poking fun at him and Draymond did take it serious, but he also said that he wasn't worried about Draymond taking his job because he doesn't have a face for TV. He's more got a face for radio. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Okay, so the uh, last listener question that will hit um, is – he wants to know how we feel about uh, Ryan Tannehill's contract. Um, how do we feel about the Tennessee Titans signing him to such a large contract? With- I love it. I love the contract. Okay. Since week seven of last year, when Ryan Tannehill took over, the team was fourth in points per game with 30, second in touchdowns with over 40, first in red zone touchdown percentage at 
and yards per play with seven per seven yards per play. Every time they snap the ball again, seven yards. You can, I mean, in part that's due to, I mean, you know, you can say 90% of it's due to Derrick Henry, but the other 10% is due to Ryan Tannehill not turning over the ball. And to find a quarterback that can, that can consistently do that and do that enough to win you as many games as they did since week seven and get you almost to the Super Bowl, I mean, that's rare. And so you pay players like that. Yeah, well, and, uh, you know, almost you know, well, a year ago, Miami traded Tannehill to the Titans for a 2019 seventh rounder and a 2024th rounder. So, uh you know, I think that it is uh, awesome to see Tannehill get a contract like he did from playing uh, in Miami and that terrible franchise down there. Um, it is it is great to see the pro. I would I'll say progress that Tannehill made with not turning the ball over. Um, honestly, it just kind of reminds me of an Alex Smith uh, situation. But you know, maybe this gives Tannehill a year or some years under uh, Vrabel to kind of you know, learn the system even more and get some trust placed in him so that way they can use someone besides Derek Henry, maybe Tanny will get more involved uh the second year in Tennessee. Um I, and he, I'm not I'm not crazy about the number. Um I, I think he's a, a mediocre quarterback. Um it's a it is a huge win for him, um, you know, on the player side of it. You know, you always want the you know to get the best money possible. Um I, I think the number's a little high for me. I don't think that he's worth that much money. Um, you know, I, I agree with you said, you know, that I don't think that they make it to the playoffs with um, Marcus Mariota. You know, they weren't before he got there. So, you know, you can make a case on that. I just – the number's a little high for me. He's a, a mediocre quarterback getting paid, uh, you know, at the lower end of the of the higher-paid mm-hmm. quarterback. So, um, the number's a little high for me, but I think it's good that the Tennessee Titans have stability in a quarterback now. Um, you know, someone that they can at least put a little bit of faith in because Marcus Mariota had a lot of promise but just kind of uh, seemed to fizzle out. Mm-hmm. So it is good for them and good for Tannehill. So on right. that end of it, I am excited for both of those. Yeah, two quick two quick points on that. I know we're a little long. Um, the cap is expected to go up um, the next two years. I know we're not any type of experts on that, but it is expected to go up $40 million a year over the next two years. So it might not be as big of a cap hit um, as people think it might be. And that trade um, that landed Tannehill in Tennessee happened a year ago today. Oh, see, there you go. Uh, Well, and another part on that, um, which I think is going to be uh, very interesting as well, um, with the NFL's uh, new CBA agreement. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with the team, with the, that's already, the caps went up a little bit already, um, increased roster spaces and uh, expanded playoffs definitely yeah yeah what do you how do you i haven't actually read up on the um on the extended playoff what what does it say on that so under the extended playoffs seven teams in each conference will qualify for the postseason instead of currently six only one team per conference will be given a first round bye down from the current two that means there will be six opening round games three in each conference instead of four I do too. I think it's a great it's a great move for them. No, I love I'm, it. I'm glad that they came to the agreement. Um, I'm excited about next season already. It makes me pumped for football. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We appreciate the listeners being engaged and asking questions. It really is a lot of fun to provide you with the sharpest sports takes around. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Burst Your Bubble. 
And this is a challenge to share this podcast with at least one friend you have who loves sports. We all have that one friend who thinks they know everything and has the best takes. Well, chances are we're going to burst their bubble.